What's going on, soccer fans? Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 80. I'm your host, Sal Katan. I'm excited to talk to you guys today about yesterday's USMNT World Cup qualifier at Honduras. We managed to get a point on the road. I'm excited to break it down, even though I wasn't that excited during most of the game. If you want to hear um, my review of the Costa Rica match at home that happened before this match, uh, you can you can listen to that one. I pre- did preview the Honduras match at the end, toward the end of that episode. So if you want to know what I was thinking going into this game, you can get a better look by listening to that podcast first. That's episode number 79. Um, but, you know, going into this game, I was pretty confident that we would have a better approach. We would be a little bit less passive, a little bit more aggressive than we were against Costa Rica. But I was, I was definitely disappointed when I saw that lineup released, that it was another flat 4-4-2 with Bradley and Acosta in the midfield, which sometimes works against lower-level opposition, but, um, we know it, it has its tendency to not work as it did it. Uh, against Costa Rica. I saw Pulisic not in a playmaking role, stick, stuck out wide again, which I was disappointed with. And um, I was also kind of disappointed to not see Bobby Wood starting. And um, maybe I was wrong about that because Bobby Wood did end up snatching that late goal, which I'll talk about in just a second. But um, uh, another thing that I had my concern about was uh, Jeff Cameron not starting. I know Jeff Cameron did make some really poor errors, uh, particularly leading up to that second Costa Rican goal in the previous World Cup qualifier, but I think that overall he's a better center back than Omar Gonzalez. He has a lot more to offer passing-wise, um, and he he just is less prone to mistakes normally. So I, I, I those were my thoughts kind of going into the game, and um, yeah, I, I will talk about the game as a whole, but first I'm going to break down each goal as I normally do. So in the 27th minute, Costa Rica got their goal, uh, Kyoto scored. Omar Gonzalez made a mistake by not getting the right angle on a through ball to Kyoto. Um, he might, I'm not really sure if it was the angle or if, you know, he didn't get there fast enough. Either way, the Dynamo man hits the right post and bangs it in in the 27th minute. And we are looking in shambles. Everyone's panicking, rightfully so. Not a good time. But finally, after a long time, like 60 minutes, uh, that would be yeah, that is 60, 60 minutes. I was just doubting my math for a second. 60 minutes later, around 60 minutes later, um, in the 84th minute, Acosta takes a free kick, and it's stalked out by Luis, Luis Lopez, the Honduran keeper, and it almost goes out for a corner, but Matt Beasler is there to swing the ball back into Jordan Morris, who heads it uh, heads it back to Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood settles it and fires it into the net, and it's tied up going into the end of the game. So definitely great composure by Bobby Wood. Great free kick by Acosta um, and Beasler. Good effort to go there out there and get it. And Morris could add it. I mean, any, everyone who was involved, all, all four of those U.S. names that were involved, definitely did really well to create that goal. It was it was um, one of the few times that I really liked what was going on and product wise for the U.S. tonight. So um, yeah, those those were the goals. Now I'm going to talk a little bit more about how I felt about this game in a general sense, some of the tactics and. Uh, my general overview of how the first half and the second half went. So right away, you saw a fullback issue, right? <laughs> right when the game picked up. Um, Graham Zuzi and Demarcus Beasley were just absolutely being destroyed by the two Houston Dynamo wingers, Elise and Kyoto. Um, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of comical at times. I mean, Zuzi really added nothing to the game. He was he was getting beaten on the ball. He was getting beaten off the ball. Um, going forward, he added nothing. 
Graham Zuzi, and I've said this before, I really don't think should be our best option at right back. I don't, I don't see what he what he does there that other players wouldn't. Like he's just not that good. I think there's a, there are a few times throughout games where my brother kind of and my brother and I kind of got into a back and forth about this on Twitter, where I do think he does deal with balls in certain times like pretty well because he has kind of some technical ability to to get balls out for throw-ins instead of corners and deal well in tight situations. But the problem is is that his speed and positioning are just not like up to snuff with some of the other players like like DeAndre Yedlin. And I know he's not meant to be starting over DeAndre Yedlin. DeAndre Yedlin's hurt, of course. But still, I think that we should find something else. And it might be the three in the back that we saw later in the game, but I'll get to that later. And on the other side, DeMarcus Beasley. Beasley, you know, he made some... He he made some decent plays in the ninth minute. Uh, he he got beaten by Elise, but Acosta was there to be the scapegoat for him. Um, there were a couple other times where you know Beasley made mistakes, but I also thought Beasley made a few more redeemable plays than Graham Zuzi. I think that Zuzi was probably one of the worst players that we had on the pitch, but uh, I I. I did see some. I, I think there was one situation where Beasley, Beasley, excuse me, did really well um, to get an aerial ball away from Elise on that right hand side uh, out for a corner, and it was it was just a very hard angle, and it was a ballsy header to clear it out. So um, I I that was fine, but I mean I think we all know that Beasley, you know, isn't the same player that he used to be, and no one's really arguing that he is, and he's lost his step. But see, I think I think if I, I think, like, when you see the pace of Elise and Kyoto on, on that sheet, when you watch the film, I think you got to go with Jorge Viafania. And I think that Viafania, you know, wouldn't have played the way he normally does, overlapping our outside midfielders and whatnot. But if he could play a more conservative approach and just, you know, and, and just, you know not use his pace to not get burned on the counterattack... I think that looks better than DeMarcus Beasley. I know Beasley was okay at certain times, but I think Elise also made a fool of him at others. Um, Beasley, eh, he was all right. Um, I thought probably he was the best of our starting defenders. He um, didn't didn't really do much that was impressive besides his role in the goal. Um, but distribution-wise, he was solid at certain points. Did occasionally have his defensive lapses, um, but overall, like I think that you know, he, when he was marking Lozano, he did a decent job. Definitely better than when Gonzalez was was doing one v one marking. Gonzalez was pretty pretty trash in this game, to put it quite bluntly. Um, I I know that Gonzalez is capable of having better games than this. And I think that Gonzalez, actually, in the second half of this game, did decently to stop some counterattacks. Maybe, maybe he, uh, you know, wanted to redeem himself. But that goal, inexcusable. I don't know. Like he, he is in a position to make the ball there. Whether it's you know, like getting the right angle or being fast enough, he definitely has the ability to get to that ball. And there were other times where he was, where he got beaten as well, and. Like like in the 59th minute against Lozano, I, I remember that one pretty clearly. I don't think that this is 
good defending, and I don't see how it's going to fare against the better opposition um, in CONCACAF, let alone in the World Cup. So I, I don't... Again, our starting our starting center back pairing is going to be Jeff Cameron and John Brooks, and Jeff Cameron didn't. Ha- we all know that what happened with Jeff Cameron against Costa Rica was an anomaly. So I think you have to you know look at that and 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 when you're panicking about our center backs and our defense, like look that that would be our pairing, and Jeff Cameron still a great defender, which he I thought he showed when he came when he got subbed on in this game in the second half. And and Brooks Brooks Cameron will be a good pairing. Now I still don't feel comfortable with some of our backup center backs. I know Beasler had a decent game, um, at least decent compared to Omar Gonzalez, and I think that he's capable of having you know very solid games. But I also think that he's capable of having bad games. So I don't. While I've heard all about our center back depth on the national team. I don't think we have depth at center back as well as people say because I think the drop-off from our starters to our backups is quite huge, and I, I really don't feel comfortable going to the World Cup with another defender, another center back besides Jeff Cameron or John Brooks. I think that people get caught up in the depth thing because our fullback depth is putrid. Like, our center back depth is definitely better than our fullbacks, but still doesn't make it that good anyway, at least in my eyes. Um... So yeah, th- those were those were my thoughts on on those players. I thought when Jeff Cameron came on in the second half, his distribution was really nice. In the 84th minute, kind of the the passage of play that led to um, uh, Bobby Wood's goal was started from Jeff Cameron playing a long ball to Ariola, who Ariola was very good by the way too. I'll I'll get back to that. Um, but yeah, so Cameron definitely did a good job. Um, in that back three there, but I don't think that, I don't necessarily think that, uh, a back three is necessary, um, especially when we're at full strength, but, I mean, I understand why he went with it, but I would have just started Jeff Cameron, and I do think we did look better in the second half, and, you know, we saw what the, how the back three fared against, at Mexico, so I understand Bruce Reina's rationale, but I think we just wasted a half by not starting Jeff Cameron and not and not playing a back three, it, it, you know. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, g- moving up to the midfield, I think that Bradley and Acosta did little to nothing in this game. Um, I thought I saw I, – I got, like, uh, pretty encouraged because Acosta made – some decent plays defensively in the beginning, and he was showing a bit more energy, but that started to fade off really quickly. I think that Bradley and Acosta should have won the midfield battle, but I think what this has taught me, if anything, is that maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, and maybe maybe that we just have to play a three-man midfield against every team because if we got you know if, if we can't retain possession in the midfield, if Bradley and Acosta can't hold it down then there's not going to be another, another two-man midfield that really will. So, I, barring, like, the end of games, like, or situational, you know, kinds of choices, I don't think that a 4-4-2, a flat 4-4-2, or, or a two-man midfield formation is good for us. I've said it before, I'll say it again, a 4-3-3 attack is what I want to play. And we saw it from Honduras, and that's kind of how they burned us. I mean, they had... What, yeah, Elise on the left, Kyoto on the right. I know they switch sides sometimes, but mainly Elise was on the right and Kyoto was on the left. And um, 
or sorry, excuse me, uh, other way around. Wait, no, 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 Elise, Elise on the right and Kyoto on the left. Sorry, it got, it got really confusing, but uh, mostly I think uh, you saw Elise burning Beasley on that right-hand side. Um, but that formation that they had with Lozano up top and then Lopez underneath that front three provided for some pretty threatening counterattacks. I mean, you saw some good shots by Lopez. You saw Lozano attract certain center backs, allow the wingers to get more involved in the play. And I really think that if this can work for this team that's using two Houston Dynamo players, it can work for our team. So I don't understand the complacency by to not, to not use this formation, and I... I really think it would work, especially against this opposition. So, anyways, though, enough of that tangent. Um, the, our outside midfielders were Nagby and Pulisic. Nagby, I remember in the 14th minute, he beat like three defenders on the left-hand side, and he was doing pretty well at the beginning. Then he started to disappear, as as with a lot of other players, and um, he didn't really contribute at all in the second half either. And that's why he got subbed on, or subbed off, uh, in the 73rd minute for Bobby Wood who did make a little bit more of an impact. Christian Pulisic, fighting all game, you know, beating people all game, but, but, but his end product was, dare I say, Areola-esque. Um, I didn't, I didn't understand this. I, 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 I'm, I'm disappointed because I know what Christian Pulisic can do. I know that Christian Pulisic can beat defenders. I know that Christian Pulisic can draw fouls near the box, but where was the cross? Where was that pass? Um, it's not even, you know, it's not a, I don't think it's a Pulisic thing. I think it was just a rough night because, or, or maybe, you know, too much pressure is kind of getting to him with these intense World Cup qualifier games. Um, because we know that Pulisic is talented enough to do this. I mean, you can't have, you know, bad end product for Dortmund. Like, like and, I, and I, you see him week in and week out, he doesn't. So, um... I was I was not enthused with that aspect of Pulisic's game, but obviously I I'm I'm impressed or not impressed. I'm glad that he was able to keep on fighting throughout the game, keep on sprinting at full speed going forward, keep on trying to create attacking opportunities. But oftentimes I feel like he did a lot, and sometimes he gave up or not, or not gave up, but failed to do the easiest part. So, um, yeah, Christian Pulisic, uh, I I. Uh, part of it, though, is that I want to see him in a playmaker role. You, it's hard to be the center of attention, but play, not play in the center. So um, I think that Christian Pulisic it would suit him perfectly. You know, for Dortmund, he's, he, I understand him playing out wide. I, it, it, makes, it makes total sense. They have other threats. They have other players that can create. For the U.S., we need kind of a focal point to connect you know, help switch the field, connect the midfield to the attack. He, he he can he can do so much in that role, and I feel like we're wasting him right now, Bruce Arena is. So, but I don't want to beat a dead horse on that one. And then up top, we had Clint Dempsey and Jordan Morris, both of which created maybe a couple chances, but, uh, and Dempsey did a good job drawing yellow cards in the first half, but um, I was... I was not really warned of their presence much because they seemed invisible. Um, Jordan Morris did make a few good runs to like hold up the ball. He did make a he did make 
some some decent efforts, but um, like in the 55th minute, he did really well to like run all the way upfield and win the ball from Honduras, but the pass was just to the other, the, the pass was like right at the opposition, and um, yeah, so not great performances by either of them, I don't think, but of course, Morris, uh, good, definitely good to flick on for that goal. Um, just, you know, no, having the awareness of knowing where Bobby Wood is or what vicinity Bobby Wood is in and using that technical skill to just flick it on and, uh, let Bobby Wood have a touch and score. So good, good work by him there. I think Morris has a place, but I think that Bobby Wood maybe should have started in this game because as, as much as I, you know, would like, wanted to see Bobby Wood as a lone striker in this game. He wasn't, I mean, or we didn't play a formation that allowed that, but I still wanted, would rather see him play than not play. And, um, I just think that he's a better version of, version of Jordan Morris in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that Jordan Morris definitely has time to develop, still very young, but Bobby Wood right now is a player that's in the Bundesliga. He's proven, He's, you know, scores a decent amount of goals on a team that doesn't help him that much, Hamburg, and I I w- would have liked to see him start, and, you know, who knows, maybe he could have done more damage than just score one goal, because in 17 minutes he got a goal. Um, yeah, um, so basically, the more I look at this, the more I just didn't like the starting lineup, but um, th- that, that formation switch to the three in the back, which, you know... I, like it looked to be like a three five two or some variation of that. It was really confusing. I think I think towards the end, no one even understood their roles. At, like to a certain point, like I had no idea where Jordan Morris was late in the game. It was very strange. Um, and I could break down kind of the specifics of what I saw, but I I really don't. Everything's kind of convoluted from a formation standpoint of that second half to me. So I. I don't, I don't like what I saw though, because I mean, from a three in the back aspect, I think like the three in the back did help us defensively, but a lot of that was Jeff Cameron coming on, I thought, and Beasley was off and Zuzi was off and those were the people getting burned and Ariola actually, a substitute, did a really good job of not only helping with the attack, but also helping with the defense, playing that winged back role, which I guess he was playing or that outside midfield role that's a little more defensive because of the formation. Um, so Ariola, you know, definitely impressed me in this game. Um, his, you know, his passes in the final third were, were definitely better than, than I, you know, than I usually give him credit for. So, uh, I thought he was probably the best, the best substitute, even though Bobby Wood scored the goal because Ariola was involved in the build up to get that free kick, but all three substitutes were actually pretty effective. Jeff Cameron helping to play balls at the back. Um, rock solid in defense, Ariola helping to create, also helping on defense, then Bobby Wood scoring that final goal. Um, but all, but not really getting that many chances outside of that. Um, but I think part of that had to do with Honduras packing it, a little, it in a little more. I think that if Bobby Wood started off this game, he could have gotten a, a few quick opportunities. Not to say that Jordan Morris didn't, because Jordan Morris did have that shot at the beginning. Um, so I, you know, I do think that Bruce Arena is going to need to reevaluate what he's doing with this lineup. I do think that Jeff Cameron shouldn't be benched, really, no matter how bad he plays. Um, and this formation, this flat four four two, 
doesn't doesn't give us with anything. Look at what Honduras is doing. Look at what Honduras is doing. They're using players who are less talented than some of our outside midfielders. I truly believe that that Nagby and Fabian Johnson on the wings are, you know, better than Elise and Kyoto. And then and then everything else is comparable too. You have Pulisic who's, you know, would outperform Lopez and then and then uh, Lozano versus Bobby Wood or Josie Altador, then, I mean, you're looking at a very strong side, and I think that Bruce Arena has to be confident enough to try that. Now, I I know we normally don't see that 4-3-3 with a playmaker, but I think that we're good enough to do it. I think that Acosta and Bradley both have the defensive talent to make up for not having, a like, a, a, a number six. So I, I really want Bruce Arena to do that, but... Um, in the end, I don't want to get too over the like over the top. Like Bruce Arena has still only lost one game coaching the USMNT, and that was to coach a talented Costa Rica team. But I can still get mad a little bit about the approaches that went into this game. But I I, I still feel comfortable with Bruce Arena commanding the troops ahead of the World Cup and everything. And I do no part of me thinks that we're not going to qualify for this competition. I think that we've I, as a US fan, I've been through this a couple times. And Landon Donovan even tweeted it. Uh, he, by the way, he was a guest on the podcast in episode number 60, so go check that out. But Landon Donovan tweeted, it's going to be ugly sometimes. No one has a perfect campaign. And you're going to see some things that you don't want to see, but you just got to you just gotta understand that the main goal, really the only thing that matters, is that World Cup. So if we can get through, and then, you know, if we can get through, find an identity or at least part of an identity... Um, with our hopefully our full strength lineup next time with Jeff Cameron and John Brooks in the back line and Yedlin also in the back line, then I'm okay if we didn't if we finished third and got 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 um into the World Cup. Now, as I say this, I, I do I I am a little bit skeptical of of playoffs. So I know that if we finished fourth, um. We would have to play the, I think, one of the last teams in the Asian qualifying that that managed to get in. So you know their playoff spot too, obviously since it's a playoff against each other. Um, and those do worry me. Playoff games just always worry worry me in soccer. Um, I think that uh, I've experienced it with Roma getting knocked out by I think a less talented Porto team ahead of the 2015-2016 or excuse me, 2016-2017 Champions League. And um, I don't I don't like that that much, but I really do think that we'll finish third um, ahead of Honduras and Panama and Trinidad and Tobago, and we'll get into the World Cup comfortably. But I do I do understand the concern, like, if we would finish fourth, like, like why that's not automatic entry and why, the, like, stuff can go wrong in those. So... Let's let's get the job done. Let's let's do what we need to do in these next pair of qualifiers um, against Panama and Trinidad, I believe. And um, I think we can do this. So no one panic. Uh, I'm just I'm getting a little bit disheartened as I'm saying don't panic because I'm just not like ah yeah. But um, a couple other things that I want to talk about this game, like other than our play, was the field was pretty awful, and there's really no excuse, but it might have affected the final ball in some situations that I'm talking about with Pulisic, but still, no excuse. 
they played on the same field. And I didn't think the ref was really as bad as the one against Costa Rica, which I feel bad for not mentioning, because I realized right after I stopped recording uh, for the episode against Costa Rica that the ref was just ter- terrible. And um, that was really terrible to watch. I think we got screwed over many times in the first half of that Costa Rica game, but the ref wasn't that bad in this game. I, I, I he, was, he wasn't the best. He had to stop play because he was cramping in the beginning of the second half. But um, compared to CONCACAF refs, it could be worse. It could be worse. Um, a lot of thoughts in my head going on about the U.S. men's national team. A lot of different ideas. But I think overall, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Um, I'm excited to get back into the club season. This first international break is always my least favorite because it happens to, like two to three weeks in of all these major European leagues. And it's just like, why do they even start if we're just going to like come in with an international break? Like, like in Serie A... And I think the Bundesliga, they've only played two games. So, like, why? Like, I, did, I just don't like that scheduling. I mean, I'm sure there's a better reason for it. I'm not, I'm not I don't work for FIFA, but uh, I'm excited to get back to the rotation. I will have an episode this weekend, um, or maybe on Monday, covering some of the games that happened in Europe and maybe some of MLS too. Maybe some Americans abroad performances. That's something that I want to start including on this podcast a little bit more. Um, we have an email for this podcast, soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter, that's at soccerbrotherspod. The Instagram is under the same handle. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on Google Play, SoundCloud, or iTunes. Definitely, so if you're, if you're, if you're like on Twitter and you found this, um, st- go to subscribe to us on a platform that's more accessible, that's a little bit uh, easier to listen to and download to your phone, uh, like iTunes or Google Play. Uh, thank you so much for the support. Um... I'm really happy to keep on doing this, even without Nihal. It was a little bit more fun with Nihal, I know, and um, it provided a couple different viewpoints, which I think is more interesting as a listener. But uh, he'll be back on the podcast in a few months, and I'm really excited to have him back. But in the meantime, I'm enjoying this, and I'm excited to keep on providing content throughout the club season. So thank you so much for your support, and I'll see you guys next time on episode 81 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Thank you so much.